0: Okay. Hi, guys. Um, we are here for the Writing for the Audience podcast. I'm Isabella. I'm 18 years old, and I'm a Data Science and behavioral neuro- Neuroscience major.
1: I'm Ibrahim. I'm 19 years old, and I'm a Media Screen Studies major.
2: I'm Chen Xi, and my major is uh, economics, and I'm also 18 years old. I'm Chen Yimou. Uh, I'm 19 years old. My major is uh, Economic study.
0: Hi, guys. My name is Angelina. I'm 18 years old, and my major is data science and behavioral neuroscience.
2: So my question is, uh, why why it is important for uh, to write for audience?
0: I think that it's important because you're investing your story or your piece of writing. And what I mean by this is that when you are creating a specific piece of writing, your audience will likely to stick with it. And because they're in- interested in it, they will more likely share with it with others and can engage with it. And when this happens, there's going to be a boom effect. And this is how many piece of writings get recognized. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, like, when you write, you have to consider an audience to communicate and engage with people, because I feel like if you don't, then no one's going to want to continue reading. And if you're writing something, then there's a point to your writing. So you want people to, like, connect to it, enjoy it. And, like, you can't do that if you're not writing for that audience.
3: Uh, I think uh, writing for audience will um, make the writer be able to influence a specific group of people uh, more efficiently. And uh, I think that's the well the main point of writing in general.
1: I think that it's important to write for an audience because when the writer is writing they need their product to reach a certain demographic in order for it to be most effective because not all of us are interested in reading about certain topics and we're going to be looking for certain topics to read based on different things you know whether it's leisurely or for work or depending on what purpose it serves. Um, then we're going to have to look into writings that, that that interest specific audiences. So it's important that a writer has a specific audience in mind when they're writing.
2: Yes, I totally agree with you, Ibrahim. It's just like, um, at first you uh, figure out the demand and then you
1: supply it. Yeah, exactly. Demand and supply is a good way to think of it, for sure. Yeah.
0: And then over the years, audience has changed in many ways and this is all because of the evolution of technology, which take for instance the application of Spotify, um, I learned this in the Ronnie Jones in the article of the Texas reading you. So basically, the algorithm is basically knowing you more than you know yourself. And this is because when you skip, like, for instance, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like 30 seconds, you skip the song, and it will, like, become a negative algorithm, and it will generate new artists that you might find or come across, and that's how you can find new artists. And I say that this is honestly really scary in our generations. Do you guys think this or no? I mean, I think that it's like good to implement those things for like certain applications like Spotify, because you can like enjoy your music or like Instagram, you can enjoy the content that you're looking at. But sometimes it gets to a point where it's just scary (laughs) where like you find things that like you didn't even realize you liked and then you keep seeing those same things and then you get ads for them. And it's just, it's it's terrifying <laughs> that like your, your phone or like they're knowing you more than yourself. Like, it's just, it's a wild concept.
2: Yeah, um, I agree with you. And in my opinion, I also think like the aug- algorithm is, I think uh, I'm not scared of it because Like, it can help you explore yourself.
0: I think that's like a really good way of putting it, like, that you explore yourself. Cause, like, they're obviously like the negative side of it. But I think that that, like, is such a good way to put it that you're like, you're honestly learning about yourself more. You like look on Instagram, look on like TikTok, Spotify, that you're learning what you actually enjoy.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a way, like the algorithm knows, could know at least, more about you than you could know about yourself. Because there are certain patterns with the things that you engage with um, when it comes to algorithms that you won't necessarily notice. Um, You won't necessarily remember uh, all the posts or the types of posts that you like on Instagram or any other social media app. But the algorithm is is coded to keep these things and store them, to store this information in order to bring similar uh, content back to you. So it knows what you like when you necessarily don't, or or maybe you're just not noticing the pattern.
3: Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. And in June's article, uh, he uh, classified how people see algorithm uh, in six uh, types like seeing algorithm as an agent, as authority, and, and so on. I personally think algorithm, algorithm as a conversational resource because as a writer, uh, when you post uh, articles online on X or Reddit, uh, the algorithm will help, help you to share those writing of you to the people who are interested in it. And while you are listening to music on some app <clears throat> the algorithm will help you find uh, people with the same interest in music with you mm, that's why it's a kind of conversational resource help you to build connect with others
1: yeah honestly sometimes i can find that frustrating what you said more about like i for one sometimes like to see something different so the fact that the algorithm can sometimes keep on bringing back similar content to me or if it's on a music streaming app similar music or something like that sometimes i find frustrating when i'm looking for something new um even with when it comes to different different ways of engaging social media instagram posts or anything really so i think that there should be a way to balance between new content and instead of just giving users the same thing of what they like because they're going to get bored eventually
0: i also want to add on to that i feel like that's a way where like all these social media platforms can gain money and and bring like profit in so like do you guys ever like look up like clothes online or like any other things and like when you're scrolling through like instagram reels or something like something pops up and it might be like like maybe like a similar like top or something like that, but it's a different brand. Yeah, that sadly happens to me like all the time. <laughs> like I like you look something up or you see something, let's say like on TikTok, and then all of a sudden you look on Instagram and it's just everywhere. And on, it gets so annoying to a point where like you just keep seeing them on stories, on like sponsored Instagram posts, on the reels. Like, they're everywhere because they want you to buy that product. And it's crazy because sometimes it's, like, one different store, but then another time it'll be 30 different stores with the exact same, same like, stuff. So they all just, they're just, they want your money.
1: (laughs) When we're thinking about the article Writing for Readers by Barry Kroll, What do you guys prefer either when you're reading or writing in terms of perspective? Do you prefer a rhetorical or a social or an informational perspective? And I know that this is like a spectrum and it depends on what you're reading or what you're writing for, but just from like a general stance.
0: I would say informational perspective. And I say this because I'm more of a person that likes learning about information, whether it be like, why do we sleep? Like. Why do we think this way? Like all these like informative situations. And I feel like that's what makes me like more involved when it comes to like reading articles or like books or any sort of stuff like that. I think like, I I like the informational perspective because like you just like pretty much like get facts thrown at you. But I think I also, I prefer the social just because you can, like the author, like an author writes socially where like you can like interpret yourself and you can also like include your own thing and you can make up your own story as you're reading something else. Which is why I think I would prefer that where I can like add my own thoughts into it.
3: Yeah, I personally like the informational perspective because mm, only with enough information and the writers, walking will be more persuasive to me.
1: Yeah, I think they serve different purposes. I, for one, when I'm reading for an academic purpose or something in that field, I, I think the informational perspective for me is the most uh, efficient, I find, because it's like what, like what Isabella said, it's just delivering information and facts um, in sort of a streamlined manner which can be efficient, uh, versus when you're reading something rhetorical or, and or social, uh, you're going to have to come to your own conclusions, not as straightforward. You have to kind of draw out the information and it's not as objective, it's more subjective. And then also, when we're just thinking about moving past the article, like closer to the, to today, the article, since 1984, which is when the article was published, there have been, like, a lot of technological advancements, right? You had the Sony Discman in, in 1984, uh, which was the first portable CD player. As of, like, recently, this year, you had uh, different uh, language writing models, which we haven't seen anything of the like before. Um. So I was wondering, like, since what you guys think, like to this question, which is how have like different perceptions of audience engagement changed and evolved since this article was published? Um, Of course, considering taking it through the lens of uh, digital and social media platforms and how they alter reader writer dynamics.
0: So I think for like like audience like engagement, like 1984 was a time where like, the, like the Sony Discman, like that came out. Like there were, it wasn't like internet like we have now. And so I think it's honestly like got like decreased just because I don't get engaged with things unless I'm watching something or like I'm listening to something. Like I can't, personally, I don't have the patience or the time to read anything and like actually engage in my reading and enjoy it. I feel like hearing it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can get through this. But sometimes when it's like you're reading something that an author writes, it just doesn't always get its way across from like all the technological advances that we have now. It's just, it's progressed in such like a fast way that everyone's just like attention has just gone down.
1: (laughs) Yeah for sure I mean I totally agree engagement is nothing like what it would look like then these days it's totally different I don't even know how you could compare it because you have back then media was kind of dominated overall through like these big big media corporations and that was the most that was the most efficient way of getting information now you have people independently writing their opinions on different social media platforms and reaching different and wider audiences so that in itself is a totally different dynamic and I think yes of course like attention spam is down and people are more skeptical in a way about what they read no one is no one is like no one is as sure as they used to be in terms of the information they get everyone always wants to you know uh, verify and make sure that what they're getting is as correct as possible
0: yeah i completely agree with that just because like now there's like influencers and they're just there to make money and like instagram tiktok all the social media platforms people are mostly like a lot of the people that are there are just there to make money to just give out content And it doesn't have to like actually be real to understand. I also want to add on to that. So I find it really fascinating how there's a lot of these big influencers that would promote like all these different types of brands and they might even be harmful to their audience. And I feel like that's very scary to like put that out there. And I feel like it's just like, it's very crazy how like technology is working and with like algorithm and all these audiences because we could portray like harmful things that we don't want to bring out to the world. Well, not to the world, but to like the platform.
2: Now let's like move to like audience involved uh, in 1970 by Robert Johnson. Like audience involved, is a uh, focus about the participatory partition battery module. The um, so writer shoes, like write a questionnaire or something else to to like uh, interact um with the audience so my question is like do you think it's possible to use this way in our real life because like i know if we use partition predatory model it can definitely improve our like article quality but i think it's a, a little bit hard like use in real life
0: i think now it might like honestly be easier for a participatory model just because we do like there are now things where you can like have like surveys and quizzes and just like questions that people like post out and like they have like comment sections on articles where people can just like participate in their reading and like include their own thoughts and like they do it in like a public forum so other people can also participate and also see what other people's thoughts are.
2: Yes, Uh, I agree with you. Um, is what's your opinion more? It's like hard to use like partitionary model in real life or not. What's your opinion? Can you explain what is a partitionary model? Uh, Yeah, like a partitionary model is before you're writing, uh, you may have like a questionnaire uh, for your audience and it can definitely improve the quality of your articles but uh, my question is is it hard to use this partition pastry model in the real life or not
3: um in my opinion partitionary model like to um, positively get requirement or the wishes from your audiences is a good move but i don't think it is required in our real life. Because if the author did the writing, like focus too much on what audiences want, the author will be limited to express that his own uh, thinking in his work.
0: And also, I find it like a little bit easy, but I feel like it's a little bit easier, like in real life, because you know who that person is that you're talking to or like asking questions to. Whereas like in the online platform, there's like all these audience and so you don't know them. They're like strangers.
2: What's your like meaning, like view differently?
0: So what I mean by this is basically that when you're talking to a stranger, well, you're, when you're engaging in a conversation with a stranger online on the online platform, you don't really know who that person is. So you might like take their, their opinions in a different way compared to a person or an audience that you know in real life.
2: Our last piece is the AI and machine learning uh, in the 2023 by the Christopher Graves. Uh, this uh, article speaks about the new audience of today's world and how AI is trying to cater to the audience. My question is how ChatGPT ChatGP you change, change uh, your life or change the world? And the, the second question is like, can AI actually write for a specific audience?
1: Um, I think like AI can try and write for a specific audience. I don't know if it can be successful though. Like it can try like from an algorithmic uh, perspective in terms of gathering information about a specific audience and trying to write for it. But I don't know how successful it would be with that. And then in terms of how AI has changed things, it's changed things a lot. I think, because within a few minutes, you have basically now with, with the newest model that can search the web, um, any information you need that's available on, readily available on the internet, formatted in any way you like. So it's a massive change, I think, in terms of that. And I feel
0: like there could be so much more improvement because it's only like, how old is AI? Is it like one year old? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like it's really crazy at how fast paced this this whole like platform is being constructed and I also find that it's it's wild to say the least because like literally in the click of a hand you could get all this information without you actually having to do the actual work and I feel like this would make us as like people kind of lazy in a way, I want, I want to say, because you don't have to like look up or type up on Google web and like looking through all these articles and all these platforms just to find the answer that you want to find.
2: Yeah, people definitely be um, lazy about Chat GPT.
0: Yeah, I think that they definitely make it easier for people, not honestly, it's not in a good way just because they take algorithmically, like parts of articles. But they don't take it in like the way that like the article made like someone feel so they're taking the very factual points of the article and they're handing that to someone but they're not giving it to you in the tone of that article.
3: Uh, okay so to summarize everything up, audience have changed drastically throughout the year and will probably continue to change but the most important thing we are writing is to find your audience and cater to them. Uh, in our podcast, we have talked about the importance of connecting with your audience, and the theory of algorithm, and the importance of particip- participatory model. And finally, how the ChatGPT changed the writing. Thank you for joining us on Writing for the Audience podcast. Uh, I'm Shane Mo, thank you.
2: I'm Chen
1: Xi, thank you. I'm Ibrahim, thank you.
0: I'm Angelina, thank you. And I'm Isabella.